everyone, and welcome back to Parent Life. I'm I'm so happy you're here. Uh, I'm so sorry it's been a minute since we have done a podcast. Uh, the last one was more than two months ago. It was way back at the end of July. So that's I'm a little bit disappointed in myself. However, there has been a lot going on, so I'll get to that in a minute. Just wanted to say that I'm glad you're here. We're gonna. This episode will primarily be dedicated to what's to what's going on with us and an update in our lives. So let's jump into it. I know many of you were kind of expecting my daughter on the on the intro. She has moved to college in Birmingham, Alabama. So she is out of the house and it's she's the first one who has left the house and we are it's it's pretty sad uh of course it's it's typical it's transition she's kind of loving it so i'm i'm not gonna i don't want to wrongly characterize her and say she's you know just devastated she left the house she's not so she's loving life we are a little you know it's it's tough it's a little bit tougher than i thought it would be at the same time, I'm excited for her and her new life. I will I will say that I loved doing the intros with her. And she she got into it much more than her brothers did. And it was just it was a neat thing that we had in common that we could do together. And and I'm I'm really gonna miss that. So on to us, my wife and I, this has been a time of massive transition. The organization we were working with, Whitefields, it closed. Um, it had been open for close to almost 15 years there, and and they did. They were just very focused. The Ward family was very focused on helping kids. The Ward family dumped millions and millions of their own dollars into that, into that to just to in uh, therapists and the campus and building buildings and taking care of kids. I don't know the exact numbers on how much of it the state covered. However, I have no doubt that the Ward family covered more than half of all operating costs. So that's that was a massive amount of generosity on their part. And I just, I, I, they're incredible as a family. I love them as a family. What they did for the state of Oklahoma, and and they and they've got they've got many areas that they're philanthropic in, and what they've done is just fantastic. Uh, it did kind of come to an end there where there was just kind of a disagreement with the state on how to move forward. And, and it was less, it was much more in the realm of how do we work with these young men who, who are coming from the criminal justice system. And, and they're, they're, they're adult-sized young men. You know, they're 17, 18-year-old boys who, who have their, their man size. How do we work with these boys and still keep everybody safe? And, and we were, I mean, we're, this is a house parent model. We don't lock doors. We don't, you know, we, we'd lock doors to our, our personal unit. But the other doors on campus, you know, they, they can be locked, but it, it's, it's very easy to break them and, and break into things. How do we keep everyone safe? And so that was the state expects all employees to be able to handle themselves at all times, like, like a, uh, in a, in a prison system, you know, where, if you're being hired by a prison system, you're expected to take care of yourself. And that was not the case with some of the house moms on campus. I mean, these are these are mothers who are not expecting to have to wrestle a 17-year-old boy to the ground if necessary. And that was 
I mean, they, they're, they're tough ladies, they're mentally tough, but the physical aspect of it was something that Whitefields and the state couldn't agree upon. And so, and, and, it, and there, was, there were moments where I had to tell people, look, I'm not leaving my wife alone. She's, she's five foot two and 110. I'm not leaving her alone with, you know, three full-size young men or even one, you know, when it, if it comes down to that. I'm just not. And so there, there was some significant tension around that. People saying, well, you have to go take this boy to do this. And that means these other boys stay with your wife or your wife takes this one boy and these other boys stay, you stay with them. And we would just, yeah, the answer was no, and we'd figure it out. And, you know, everyone would come and drop this boy off. And and, uh, and anyway, it was, it finally got to the point where everyone agreed, this, this is not, the state's not willing to pay for, you know, support staff. And Whitefields as, as an organization said, look, we have to have our safety line. So that was the primary thing that ended it there there there's always more I don't know the full story so um, I'm just going to kind of leave it at that with what I know for us it, it was it's been 10 years for us that we have been house parents and as anyone who's listened to this program knows that there's been girls boys young and old right around 100 kids is where we ended at it was it was quite the journey these, this last group of boys, I was surprised by how close I got to them. I was kind of thinking, you know, in the back of my mind, hey, these are, these are young men who are already arrested and in the criminal justice system. You know, it's, it's probably not going to go well. I mean, there, there was that. And, and all, all the boys that I had, I'm still... I'm still thinking about, I'm still praying about, and, and I'm, I'm just, I'm surprised at how close I am to them. So a quick update. So many of you listening are friends and you know our situation and you know where we've been. A quick update on this is, you know, that two of our boys ran away, uh, after a couple months, uh, P and J and they, uh, and I just recently finally got in contact with P again and Jay is still completely off the radar, and nobody knows what happened to him. P, he told me the whole story. He told me when they ran away, they ran away to an abandoned house, and they stayed there for a little while. And then they basically walked the rest of the way into Oklahoma City through side roads. Uh, hooked up with some guys. They were living in cars. They were living on the street for a little while. Hooked up with some guys. Started to get into a little bit of the drug system and, and uh, trying to make money there. And uh, and finally, P got a hold of some family and was able to get off the street. Uh, and that's where he split up with Jay. Jay is continuing to get with those guys. Um, and he said, he said, Mr. Derek, those are some bad guys. Like that's, they were dangerous. So we're we're praying that somehow we'll get a hold of Jay some somewhere sometime. He's still alive. Uh, P. Got a, found himself a girlfriend. The girlfriend has some family in North Carolina, and they both decided to just try and start fresh. So they moved to North Carolina, and that's where he he finally got on Facebook the other day and found me, and and we had a good conversation. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm glad he's I'm glad he's alive. And man, anyway, okay. The, the other boys, uh, young man named A, 
he did really well from for a little while. He he was with his dad, started working a landscaping crew. Uh, he's he's helping out. He's paying for rent. Um, however, just recently he started ghosting me again. <laughs> we uh, we were supposed to go have lunch and and it it did not happen. He so when I talk to the guys, you know. It's it's very clear who's doing well and who's not by how much they're willing to talk to me, you know. And the guys who are totally ignoring me completely, I know that that's things are not going well in their life right now. So I'm hoping that he'll he'll answer me fairly soon. Uh, the the other young man is is doing well. One young man just recently got shot, and he was in an altercation. Uh, he told me it was over a girl. Um, he got shot through his jaw, and um, it went down, down the side of his jaw, broke the bottom half of his jaw. And so he says he's going to live. He says it's going to be fine. Um, he he moved a significant distance away to some some relatives, so hopefully he can he can get started on the right track at this point. Uh, that was a pretty disappointing situation because he was all signed up for college. He was enrolled. He was registered. He it was ready to go. Everything was set, and uh, he just walked away from it. So we were we were disappointed there. Um, he 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 was he was fairly literate. He would read. We'd we'd actually read books together. We'd talk about the books. Um, you know, he'd get me ideas on different businesses. What he did not ever show was remorse for his past. He would talk about how he just wanted to stay away from, from prison, but he never discussed a change in morality. And and we and we talked about I would I would talk about that and I'd say, Hey, here's specific, specifically regarding God, like here's some standards where if you live by these standards your whole life will change, and you will be successful. Success was a big thing for him, and uh, he just he just wasn't interested in hearing that side of it. So, so, uh, so yeah, he he is he is still having under hospital care, and hopefully we'll get out fairly soon. And hopefully this is enough of a wake up call that he will be able to live long, live past his twentieth, twenty first birthday. There's another, our other young man. He N. He is doing well. He is. He ha, does have a job. His sister is helping to take care of him. So, um, everything seems to be going well with him. Okay. So, like I said, I'm surprised by how much I connected with those guys, and we we call and talk and and uh, well, if they're answering, we do. <laughs> Uh, some of our younger boys, it's great to see them and talk to foster families, or some of them were adopted. Uh, there was one, one young man where he, when Whitefields closed down the first time, he was out the door and he kind of bounced through a couple different situations and he finally landed with a great family. And I got to talk to him the other day and he's doing really well. And that's those are the situations where I'm just grateful to God that, that A, that people stepped up and B, that he he was able to move beyond where he was, and 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 I'm sure some of that is due to us, but but it's certainly not all of it. It's not due to us. I mean, there's there's always the full care team, 
taking care of these boys, caseworkers, etc. Multiple families stepping in, and and then there's always the people praying in the background who are who are asking God to move in the in the in the life of this kid, and especially for adults to intervene and step in. So, um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go through a list of all the the younger guys that we had, but but just just seeing them on Facebook or you know seeing success with with a family, you know, once a boy's been in a family for three, four years, it's, they're, they're pretty much good. You know, they've, they've gotten through the rocky, the rocky times and the rocky areas. I think I've said this multiple times on the podcast, but the toughest times are junior high. And, and I know some of you that are listening right now, you have a kid in junior high, and that's probably part of the reason you found this podcast is you're like, what am I going to do with these behaviors? Like, this kid just flipped a switch. And and what I can tell you is that once they start hitting that, that end second half of freshman year and they move in out of sophomore year of high school, things mellow out. They just do. And just just don't don't just throw up your hands in despair and quit. And you know, there's some people that say, look, I just can't handle this kid. He you know, he or she is out of the house, they're gone. Or they quit in the sense of I'm not going to put boundaries or restrictions on them like this is too much we're always in conflict we're always fighting and I don't, I'm not going to quit on the relationship I'm not kicking them out but I am going to quit on on guidance and boundaries and and uh, my encouragement to everyone is do your best to stay engaged and stay focused during that rough time and for us we lived in conflict for for 10 years like there was always multiple kids in the house who were pushing back at us but 95% of the time, that kid would settle down. And and sometimes they ran away. Sometimes, you know, things, sometimes it ended up in a restraint, you know, where I had to actually restrain them for their safety or other safety. But, well, I'll say 90% of the time. Things ended well, and the kid, over time, slowly was able to de-escalate was able to normalize their reactions to life situations. And that takes time. And And I'm just so thankful and appreciative to those of you who are out there who are working with a young lady or a young man and continuing to engage in their life and continuing to invest as you need to. For the second half today... I just want to give an update on where we are. My wife and I have been house parents for 10 years, and we got into it a little bit of a fluke. We felt like we had been in a position where I was working in the oil and gas industry. Both of us have a youth ministry degree from college, like of working with kids, but life had just shifted and changed, and we had done some various things, hospitality around apartment complexes, um, I have, I, like I said, I was working in oil and gas, and so, anyway, this 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 house parent thing came about, and both of us felt very strongly that this is what we we're supposed to be doing. In fact, felt called by God to do this. So, so we did. We jumped into it. Like I said, ten years, and if our organization had not closed, I'm not sure where we'd be. We were both definitely feeling this kind of this constant residual pressure of, of having lived in conflict for 10 years. Now, 
it wasn't, I think most people would describe our house as fairly peaceful. In fact, we, we rarely had outbursts of conflict, but a lot of that was because we had learned this is how to keep stability and, and a, kind of a core baseline of calm in the home. And, part, and a lot of that comes from just being ready to address things as they come up. And, and as far as I feel like we, because there was always new kids coming in, we were never able to get to the point where we were just totally relaxed. And, 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 that's, and that's part of life. There's stress and tension in life. And, and for us, it was just a very specific stress. However, we were both very worn on in that regard and so this this came about and and it, it was it was a natural parting point it was a natural okay I think it's time for us to step away from being house parents and so so we did so we are we are both looking as to what we're supposed to do next I am I got my license as a home inspector so that's I'm working on building up a home inspection business that's okchomeinspect.com for those of you who want to support us my wife is very interested in the medical career and med- the medical field, so she is going back to school and working part time as a at a hospital right now. So we are we're kind of taking this next step. Now, for me personally, I'm still in contact with what's going on here in Oklahoma regarding uh, the DHS, the Department of Human Services Division, and and I and I've talked with people within the government and and looked at various jobs and and there's nothing that I feel like fits me really well. So I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out where, what's next. How do I, how do I help parents deal with tension and stress in their home so that they can move kids into more of a family atmosphere? So that's, that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure this out. My wife is, my wife's kind of excited about this next step in her journey. And so she's uh, she's she's really looking forward to this. It has been has been really great um, to spend a lot of time with our two bio sons. So there's been there's been that uh, just just being able to do stuff and and spend time with friends. Whereas before we would have some time off, but it was still it was very difficult to get away consistently. On top of that, our time off a lot of times was just rest and recuperation. Like I just wanted to retreat from from human interaction for a little while and just be by myself. And that's and that's kind of how I naturally refreshed was just alone. And so that so anyway, so this whole thing of being very involved in the world now and not being this full-time house parent is is a very different step for me uh this transition. So as many of you have guessed, when we, when the organization closed, we also were homeless. So we've been in the process of trying to buy a house and, and get that figured out. So we're, we're very, very close to moving into a house. Um, it's going to be my wife's first house in 10 years. I don't, I don't know how much of this is differences between men and women. I don't, it doesn't really, I don't really care if it's my house or someone else's house or a rental or what. Like it's never really been a big thing for me and it's certainly more of a thing for my wife and and I didn't realize this as much. So I'm excited that she's going to have her own house and just have a place that that is hers that is safe and comfortable and mostly stress-free. And so we're going <laughs> to 
I'm working to to help create that. And of course, she's got her her Pinterest board, and you know, it's she's got she's got big plans for me in this house. So, and and I'm happy to do that. This is a place that get that is hers, and so I'm I'm excited for her in this house. If there's a word that defines our life recently, I would say it's the word word transition. So we've been we're we're both getting new jobs. We're getting a, a new place that we're going to live. We've had to move once. We're going to be moving again here in a couple weeks. And and I'll be honest, there's been a lot of financial stress around this time as well. It's just it's just been a mess. So how I want to close today is just talk about transition and change. As human beings, we just don't like transition and change. It's just a fun trip and an adventure is fun, but people are expecting to come home and go back to the routine. It's, this is, I'm not living in chaos or the unknown. I'm going back to what I know. And when we see a road ahead of us that is a lot of change and we're, and we, and it's very unpredictable, that human tendency is to pull back from that. And maybe you're an outlier, great, good for you. <laughs> but the rest of us are just resistant to that. And and I and I absolutely see that in my own life. And it's just it's hard. And so a lot of this process for me has been embracing change and embracing the process of things changing. And some of that is in me as I step out into areas and fields where I'm not I don't have as much self-confidence as a house parent. I had after 10 years I I was an outlier. I knew exactly how to handle situations. I knew how to handle difficult situations and kids and 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 I was helping other people with it and and that was that was a big part of my identity was I viewed myself as an expert and many other people validated that. Now in these arenas that I'm walking in, I am not an expert, and many times I'm just a straight-up beginner. So, so that's that's the part where, for me, it's been it's been a difficult switch. And some of you are walking in transition, and you're walking in, in big changes. And I just want to encourage you: like, this is where you grow. This is how you become better. This is what what pushes you a little bit and those those old grooves that we get stuck in they change bumps us out of those and and now we're not it's a whole lot easier to to change the not, not the ugly but the the old things in our lives that are holding us stuck on a certain track so 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 embrace that i'm hoping i'm hoping you guys are kind of hearing what i'm saying cuz i'm not i'm not exactly sure how this all works but for me, transition and change has been difficult, but it's been very good for me to to walk in a new way, in a new road. The second part of this is that I hope that this brings empathy and compassion and understanding for our kids. Because our kids have walked through huge amounts of change in their lives, especially foster foster adopted. And and when we we when we go through transition and change, we understand understand that in their life better. And and don't don't misunderstand me. I'm people always say, well, you know, well, what about consequences or, or direction or boundaries? Absolutely, we always keep that. <laughs> we always we always have expectations for behavior and interactions. Absolutely. However, 
compassion and change and empathy help us to set the proper expectations. When we understand ourselves and we understand how difficult things are for ourselves, we can look at that kid and say, well, they came from a background of more trauma and abuse than I did, so it's even more difficult for them. Even though you know we're doing everything in our power to show them love and to create a safe environment, it's still really, really tough. So that, so our understanding of ourselves promotes the healing that's going to come about in the lives of our kids. And that's, we, we, we need to engage in that and understand that. I always set expectations that that's important. If, if, our, if the kid's always meeting the expectations, there's a problem. Expectations should be part of the challenge. And, that's, and I've gone over that in previous episodes as well. However, we can help them walk through that and have them fail and then step in right beside them. Even on an expectation that we set, right? Because we know how hard it is to step up to change and transition and achievement. It's not easy, it's difficult, but it can be done. So stay engaged. Stay engaged in your own challenges and difficulties. Stay engaged in the life of the child. The reward comes when we push through. And it's not always exciting. It's not always great. It's not always the emotional moment that catches at us and brings us to tears. A lot of times it's the grind. But, but the rewards are incredible. And we can, what we can go through ourselves in transition and difficulty is amazing. And when we can bring that into the life of a child and bring peace and love and support and calm and connection and, and empowerment to their life, that's, that, I mean, that's what we're here for. So, we love you guys, stay, stay encouraged, stay in the fight, and we'll talk to you next time.